before uh, there's three tiers. He's going to give us uh, uh, the men and, uh, and, and women that are in these following pairs. He's going to give us Abel, uh, Enoch, and Cain in verse 4 through 7. And what is uh, significant about uh, Abel, Enoch, and Noah is that these are, these are believers that are before the flood. And, and, and then he's gonna, he's gonna give us the example of Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph in verses 8 through 22. And what's significant about these individuals is that this is before the Mosaic period. And, and then he's gonna give us the, the example of, of Moses and others, uh, uh, in verses 23 through, through 29. The, 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 this is the mosaic period and, and the, the period that follows after the mosaic period, verses 30 through 38. So he's going to, this list can be broken down into three periods. And the key phrase, I shouldn't have to tell you this because I, I know if you read Hebrews chapter 11, you, you notice the key phrase of Hebrews chapter 11 is by faith. That's the, this is the key, this is the key emphasis. A by faith is mentioned at least 18 times. 18 times in verses 3 through 31. And, and again, this is why chapter 11 is called the, the whole of faith. One writer noted in regards to Hebrews chapter 11, he says, quote, God's people have always, and this is what the writer want, wants to get across to, to these believers and get across to us who are struggling, perhaps, in our faith. The writer noted, God's people have always lived by faith, believe promises which they could not see except through the eyes of faith, end quote. And so the key, the, the emphasis of chapter 11 is faith. And what follows is illustrating the life of faith in the life in the in the personal history of people in the Old Testament. And, and one other thing about this faith here, by faith. In, in each one of these illustrations, each one of them that we're going to see, faith is a noun. Faith is a noun. It's not the, the author's focus is not on the the activity of faith, his focus is on what happens when a person has faith. This is what it looks like. We can say, in other words, those who are faithing, this is what those who are faithing life looks like. And so the, the, the faith, each one by faith, faith is a noun in each one of these, and it's followed by a verb, by faith. And it's going to describe what these individuals did because of their, their faith. Be, be careful to note that. The emphasis is faith. And what is the object? The object is God. The emphasis is faith. The object is God. God is, it, all of these believers that, that follow, it, it's not about them. It's about God. It's about what happens in the life of those who trust 
in and rely upon God and his promises. Don't miss that. And so we're going to start out and look at the life of Abel. And so we'll see here faith is necessary for pleasing God in worship. This is relevant to us. We're sitting here worshiping God. We need to know how we are to approach God and Abel gives us an example. And so we'll see with 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 Abel that 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 the faith that we we have and in, in worship, it must be God sent. Look with me at the beginning of verse number four, where the writer includes his first example, Abel and Cain. Notice the phrase by faith. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. At first glance, I want you to see something. At first glance, Cain and Abel look similar, don't they? Look closely at the text. Cain and Abel offered to God a more uh, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. They, they, Abel, Cain and Abel look similar. They both, we'll see in Genesis, they're both hard workers. Here, they, we, we, we can, uh, uh, it, it's implied that they both brought sacrifices to God. And, 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 and even though we're not told why it is or, or how God instructed Cain, and Abel in uh, approaching him with sacrifices. We, we, we can assume that they received instruction to do this. Somebody, either God told them or God through Adam and Eve told Cain and Abel. We don't necessarily, we don't have that instruction in scripture, but we can, we can assume that that is true, that they received some type of instruction from God in regards to approaching him with sacrifice. Well, why do you say that? Well, scripture teaches us that the basis of faith that pleases God is rooted where? In the word of God. Romans 10 and 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ there, Paul writes, but we, we understand that the word of Christ and the word of God is the same. So how does faith come? It says that by faith, Abel offered. And if, 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 if this is true to, the, to, to scripture, we know that Abel and Cain had received instruction from God. They had received a word from God in regards to their sacrifice. And, and, and so what this, 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 this teaches us that, that God had to tell them and we can say in their own way, they both are responding. Both offer their sacrifices to God. And we, we're going to talk about their motives here in a few minutes. We're going to get to the different motives in which they presented their sacrifices. But I just want you to focus that is to God, the prepositional phrase to God that both perform 
the external act, the external act of offering a sacrifice to God. Both of them did. Both of them perhaps saw that it was important to do this. One may be begrudging. We'll see later. We'll see here in a few minutes. But this offering of a sacrifice is essential. It's a, it was an essential part of Israel's worship under the old covenant, ultimately fulfilled by Christ. This, this offering, and the reason I call this worship, because it's, it's used throughout the book of Hebrews. Offering. Uh, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. And we'll see, uh, we'll see an example here. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 10. Hebrews chapter 10, this is a focus upon Christ and his once for all sacrifice. Verse 10 of Hebrews chapter 10 says, and by that uh, we have been sanctified through the offering. This is the same word that is used for Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel offered. This, this is this is the same word that that is used in reference to Christ through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And every priest stands daily. So this this traces this offering all the way back to the the old covenant. And every priest stands daily at his service. Notice offerings repeatedly. Same word. The same sacrifices which can never take away sin. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And so this 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 offering uh, to God, uh, it, it, it symbolized worship. And, and so it, it symbolized the the. Uh, God's desire that those who approach him would be God-centered. It's the same with the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 11, verse 36, where Paul says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. And then he closed it with, amen. That's the way we, we need to live our life. lives that are, God, that are centered upon God, built upon our trust, and and reliance upon God and what he has promised. Our life should be an amen to all that God is and all that God has promised to us. And children, there's something in here for you too. Cain and Abel are the first children of Adam and Eve. And, and so this, this teaches us that children, all children, all children that are here, all children that perhaps will listen online, all children are responsible to live a life that is pleasing to God. All children are responsible to live a life that glorifies God. All children are to approach God on his terms. All children are invited to approach God on his terms. 
So this 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 text is 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 for all of us. Children, as you obey and honor your parents, you must see that what you're doing is being done to God. Even though you live at home with your parents, ultimately, it's to God to whom you must live. And it is God who will hold you accountable. Amen? All right, look, let's, let's turn over. And so uh, what we do in worship must be rooted in our faith and it must be God-centered. And, 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 and our worship must be on, on God's terms. Turn over to Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And this is where we find, and before we get further in, in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 4, we're going to look at some things here in Genesis chapter 4 in regards to Cain and Abel. And so I'll just read it uh, quickly uh, for you. Genesis chapter four verses. We look at verses one through verse uh, number number 10. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. And so Cain is Adam and Eve's firstborn saying, it says, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Notice the Lord, Yahweh. The Lord is used at least five times and uh, six times in the following verses. This is Yahweh, the covenant God of Israel, the God who desires uh, to uh, uh, fellowship with his children, Yahweh. So she it said, I, I have begotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother, Abel. So Abel is the younger brother, Cain. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the, uh, of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regarded for Abel, had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to, to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, and, and, and this again implies that Cain knew the right thing to do. He had received instruction from God in regards to that which is God described. So if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And this is the first step down the wrong path for Cain. Cain spoke to his uh, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And the Lord 
said to Cain, where is your, where is Abel, your brother? He said, notice the attitude. I don't know. I, I, so that we, we're getting some, we, we're getting some signs of Cain's attitude toward God. I don't know. Am I my brothers? He, he's speaking to God. He, he, the, the, the first children of Adam and Eve and the, the firstborn speaks to God this way. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, what have you done? And God knew. God wanted Cain to come to understand what he had done and repent. He said, the voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And we, we notice real quickly uh, Cain's attitude here. We, we, we notice that, that, that uh, they were hard workers. Both of them uh, had an occupation that, that they worked hard at. We know that, uh, the going back to what they offered, uh, we don't know why God accepted one and God rejected the other. Maybe uh, it was because uh, Abel offered, offered that which was the firstborn out of his flock and the fat portions thereof. And it says, look up at, at verse uh, number three. Notice the difference. In verse number three, it says, in the course of time, Cain, Cain brought to the Lord an offering, just an offering. Cain bought an offering. One of the, the first fruits of his offering, I mean, of, his, uh, of, of what, he, what he grew. It wasn't the best. He just bought an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also bought the firstborn of his flock. And so we, we see here that perhaps that, that we'll, we'll see that it's a, it's a heart issue. That, that, that's, the, that's the issue. Because it can't be the offering, can't be the offering of the sacrifice because the grain, there's, there's a, there was a grain offerings uh, that was offered later on that was authorized by God in Leviticus chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and Leviticus chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. That this is, and this was accepted by God. And we knew that uh, that the killing of animals and the shedding of blood was authorized by God uh, later on as well in Leviticus. And God received both grain, uh, grain offerings. He received uh, uh, animal sacrifices. He received both. So it, 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 I would say it may not be that. It may not be the sacrifice. But this is what I think the issue is. I think the issue is the men themselves. It's, it's the men themselves, not the content of the offering, but the attitude of the heart. Because, again, we have to assume that God gave instructions on how he wants his people to approach them. He had to have given Cain and Abel instructions. God we, we see this throughout scripture. We see it in the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20, where God gave his people instructions. 
He gave them the Ten Commandments. And part of the Ten Commandments in verses one through six, it says, you shall have no other gods before me. God is specific. God is God doesn't allow people to approach him in any kind of way without giving them instructions on how to approach him. Says you, God says in Exodus chapter 20, you shall have no other gods before me. God is specific. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not worship them or serve them. You shall not make the name of the Lord, uh, take the name of the Lord your God in vain. God is specific on in how he is to be worshiped and served. And if he holds Cain uh, 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 responsible for what he did, God had to instruct him on what he was to do. We, we, we have to assume that. We have to assume that, that they were given instructions. But, but, but notice, same here in Genesis, but notice verses four and five. Notice what it says. It says, and Abel uh, also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. And the Lord, notice, notice this, and the Lord had regard for Abel starting with the person God, he had regard for Abel and his sacrifice verse 5 but for Cain and his offering for for Cain personally and his offering he had no regard and it says so Cain became Abel so the, the, we see here that uh it was something about the person of, of Abel that his offering was accepted, that it was pleasing to God, pleasing before God as an act of worship. And it was something about Cain that was not. Now turn back to Hebrews chapter 11. Keep your finger here in Genesis. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. So it says, by faith, Abel offered to God. Notice what it says next. A more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. It speaks of the manner. Abel's sacrifice was more acceptable to God than Cain. Speaks to the manner in which or, or the way in which Abel gave his sacrifice. And, 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 and so how did, what was the manner in which Abel gave his sacrifice? It was by faith. It was by faith. Faith made Abel's sacrifice better than Cain. And this is what the writer has been getting at. He, he said that faith is, is the assurance of things hoped for and the, the conviction of things not seen. Abel possessed this kind of faith. And, and he offered his, the, the sacrifice to God based upon faith in God and his promise. And it teaches us something. It teaches us that, that we can't approach God on our terms. 
We must approach God in a way that he has prescribed. We must approach God in a way that pleases him. We must desire to do that. We must desire, not assume that what I'm doing is pleasing to God. We must go to God's word and find out what is pleasing to him. And so that we can, we can, we can relate to God by faith in what he has said and in what he has promised. But God wasn't, going back to our church, God wasn't pleased with Cain's offering and he rejected it because Cain didn't offer it by faith. It was without faith. A faithless heart is a heart that lacks trust in God and his sovereignty. Such a person like Cain, they trust in themselves, self-righteousness, self-righteous, good works. Go back. Let's go back to Genesis because God tried to reason with Cain. God made a person, God made, God made the, the Lord, Yahweh, the God of Israel, personally appeal to, uh, to Cain. He made a personal appeal. Notice verse six. The Lord, Yahweh, said to Cain. God is specific about how, how he has revealed himself to Cain, the Lord, Yahweh, the covenant God. The one who would be the covenant God of Israel, the God who created Adam and Eve in his image, the God who created Adam and Eve in order to commune with them. This is where Yahweh is first used back in Genesis chapter two. He 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 made a he 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 made a personal appeal to Cain. Walter Kaiser said in regards to Yahweh, he said Yahweh is used wherever the Bible stresses God's personal relationship with his people and the ethical aspect of his nature, end quote. God, God appealed to Cain and Cain angrily rejected God's personal appeal. God confronted him and, 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 and with the truth and, and God told him, if you do well, the Lord pointed out that sin was 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 in his heart and he encouraged him to master it. And what did Cain do? He didn't heed it. He didn't heed the counsel of Yahweh. He didn't heed the warning of the Lord. And he went to his brother. He went to his brother Abel. He he got angry and he killed him in verse eight. And you know what he did when he killed Abel? He broke God's command. He had no, Cain had no regard for God. He broke, he broke the sixth, the, the, the sixth uh, commandment in Exodus 20, verse 13. You shall not murder. He broke that. And, and, and so he, he had no regard for God. And what we can imply from that is Cain is worried about what he wanted. I'm not getting what I want. I'm not listening to God. 
Then he went out there and he saw his brother Cain, and because he had self-interest in mind, he got angry. We do that in church. We can do that in church. We can sit under the preaching and teaching of God's word and be focused upon what we want. Silent. Silent but deadly. We 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 can be focused. Our motives, no, the mo what's in our heart that nobody can see. What we desire, we desire, and nobody can see what we truly desire. That we be exalted, that we be elevated, and we'll manipulate and we'll move people to do what we want them to do and call it God. Oh yeah. And of course we know Cain, he's a he's he's a he's an unbeliever. First John tells us that. First John chapter 3, verse 12. John warns us said, We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. First John chapter three, verse 12. Cain had bought the lie like his parents. You notice something in this, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, Adam and Eve is not mentioned. You notice that? They're skipped and go right to their children. Cain had no, he, he, did, he did not desire, that's why the name Yahweh is used back there in Genesis. He didn't desire to have personal communion with God in order to know his will. He, he didn't say like the psalmist in Psalm 51, verse 4, when he found out that sin was in his heart. He didn't say like the psalmist against you and you only have I sinned and done evil what it uh, done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment that that's not what Cain said Cain did he didn't have he didn't say what the psalmist said in Psalm 27 verse 8 you said seek my face my heart say to you your face Lord do I see that's, that's not what Cain did And, and Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 12 through 13 gives us a little bit more insight into Cain, where it says, where it says, though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolong his life, yet I know that it would it would be well for those who fear God, because they fear God, because they fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked. Neither will it will he prolong his days like a shadow because he does not fear God. This is the issue with, with Cain's sacrifice. He didn't fear God. And Abel did. And because Abel did, look at verse 4 of Hebrews chapter 11 again.
By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his sacrifice. That's how God, God commended Abel for coming to him by faith and 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 he he accepted his sacrifice. Abel weren't he was not trying to please God by works. He wasn't trying to be religious. He wasn't trying to seek acceptance before God based on what he has done. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's 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 impossible. God's favor is always. Uh, gained by faith, not works. Faith is the the basic way to please God. Look at verse six. We're gonna get we're gonna get to this verse. And without faith, you notice that. And without faith, it is it didn't say sometimes you can be pleasing to God. No, he says, and without faith, it is what impossible to please Him for whoever would draw near to God. Remember that language? We've already discussed it. Uh, we, we have the privilege to draw near to God because of Christ, our great high priest, and because of Christ the, and the, the atoning sacrifice that he offered, Christ who is now seated at the right hand of the Father, we're able to draw near to God. Draw near to God, not based upon what we've done, but based upon what God has done in Christ and the, the assurance that we have is the assurance of what God has promised in Christ. Right? It says, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever draw near to God, this is worship. This is a worship term. Must believe that he exists. Did you come to church this morning? Because you believe that God exists. And the writer goes on and saying that he, re, he rewards those who seek him. Abel was commended because his response to God was worship based upon his faith in God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 22 says, let us draw near to God with the true heart in Full assurance of faith. That's the only way that we can we can come to God and 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 do anything that that is pleasing to him. It must be in full assurance of faith. With the true heart, the writer has already taught us in Hebrews chapter 10. And he, the, the, the writer uh, closes the verse, he says, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Even though Abel was murdered by his brother. As we read about him, his faith still speaks to us here this morning. It, it, it is saying what the, the, the testimony given about Abel in the, the, the scripture that is given to us here this morning, it is saying something to us. 
about the necessity of approaching God in faith. Abel lived and died for his faith in God and his promises. And his death shows us that it's going to, our, our faith, it's going to cost us something. It, it may cost us our property. We've already read that about the, the, these Hebrew Christians. They're, 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 their property is being plundered. Ultimately, it may cost us our lives. It may cost us to go through persecution and, 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 and to the point to where we have to stand for Christ. And if we stand for Christ, we get our throat slit. Abel's testimony says, faith overcomes and faith is rewarded. Faith is commended by God. And so we should make all that we do, we should build it upon our faith in God. Why? Because Christ has already paid the price. He's already overcome the evil that that anyone can do for uh, that anyone can do to us. Christ has already overcome that on the cross. Just think of the greatest evil that anybody can do to you. You know, I thought I think about that every now and then. I think about you know, if I was a prisoner when I was in the military, I said, if I was a prisoner of war, all somebody got to do is tickle my feet. I can't stand for my feet to be tickled. You know, that that's enough torture for me. But then I thought about, you know, reading about, you know, somebody getting their fingernails pulled off. I'm going to do this if you don't deny if, if, you, if you deny Christ, I won't do this. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right now, it's not real for us because we sit in these comfortable buildings. Things are good for us. But the heat is getting turned up in the world. And it could come tomorrow. Somebody can come knocking at your door. How are you going to respond? Will you put, will you display the faith that you have in Christ? And so, as I close, which brother are you? Do you feel acceptable to God because you're not like the world or worse. Do you feel acceptable to God because you're not like your brother and sister who, who's in this church? What I do is better than what my brother and sister does. So I feel good. I'm emboldened by that. Is that how you approach God? And this is what happens when we feel self-righteous, when we're when we're righteous in our own eyes. I'm not like 
the sin is I'm not like this person. This is this is the this is how we we're respond. And, and what happens in churches like that, where you have a whole bunch of self-righteous people attacked, there are silent attacks going on. People are attacking each other, manipulating each other, deceiving one another, biting and devouring one another. There's a church that I used to pass by when I was little. I remember that church standing and used to hear them having church there. Now, and I remember even as I was growing up, that church closed their doors. That building is falling down. I don't even know if it's still standing now. And I asked myself when I passed by that church, why, God, why? This was, this was your church. And perhaps it was filled with a whole bunch of Cain. Who was, who gloried in themselves. What a shame. The writer of Hebrews has been very clear to us. That God's focus, God's emphasis for our lives is Christ. He, God has spoken, he said in chapter one. God has spoken and acted decisively in his son. Hebrews chapter one. He's going to say in Hebrews chapter 12. That we're to fix our eyes upon the author and the finisher of our faith. And when Christ is our focus, is the focus of our life, what we do in the church, what we do in our family, what we do at work, what we do, what, how we go through our suffering, how we go through difficult times, how we go through good times, how we go through Times of uncertainty, if Christ is our focus, if Christ is the focus of our faith, we will respond with love and service. We will. We'll be concerned about the spiritual issues that are going on in the lives of our brothers and sisters. We'll pray for them. We'll get in God's word in order to be encouraged and to find strength to live a life that honors Jesus Christ. We'll do that. But if not, if our focus, if if, if we don't act because of our faith in Christ, we're going to act for ourselves. And so we must focus, focus upon God's word. We must build our lives upon what God has said and what he has promised and, 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 and give evidence, give evidence that our lives are rooted in this. We're to give evidence that our lives is rooted in what God has said in his word. Amen.
Let us pray. Father, thank you that you have qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Thank you that you have delivered us from the, the uh, dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of your beloved son. Thank you that it's in Christ that we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Thank you that through the testimony of Abel, we know that you know those who are yours and you remember the sacrifices and the life of faith that they live. Because we just read about Abel. And that tells us that you, that you remember and that you commend the lives of those who set it, who set it out in their hearts to live a life of faith in you. We thank you, Father, that we have that, that we're not forgotten. Even when we're suffering, we may feel like we're forgotten. We may think that we're that you have forgotten about us. But help us, Father, in those moments to labor like the Apostle Paul when he, in ministry. He said, I labor with all my might. May we, in whatever sphere you called us in, labor, labor with all of our might because of what we believe about you and Christ. That we leave nothing on the table. That we run the race of the Christian life the, the, with faith, with all our strength, with all our might that you give us. And when we do that, this list of saints, this cloud of witnesses assures us that you will be pleased. That you will be pleased with, with, with our life of trusting you. And so we're thankful. We're thankful that we have that evidence in Scripture. And Father, lastly, thank you. Thank you that in Christ, regardless of what happens in our lives, whether physically, spiritually, that we are more than conquerors through him. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, Nothing else in all creation will be able to separate us from your love. Oh, Father, what, what encouragement to run this race with all our might and not rely upon ourselves. Thank you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.